Hey everyone, Chad here. I'm going to switch things up a little today and read a very quick yet highly entertaining story about an experiment that was conducted to better understand how much of a role information actually plays in decision making. Now, just to give you some context, the book I'm reading from is called Tribe of Mentors by the amazing Tim Ferriss, and he really is amazing. This book is like a self-help Bible to me. Here's why. Tim drafted up 11 questions and sent those to hundreds of recipients. The questions were designed to extract out critical insights from literally the best of the best in a wide variety of aspects. He received more than 100 responses that are now published in this book. And I'm going to read you a quick part of the introduction where Tim provides some clarity on why he wanted to do this particular format. To the book we go. Life punishes the vague wish and rewards the specific ask. After all, conscious thinking is largely asking and answering questions in your own head. If you want confusion and heartache, ask vague questions. If you want uncommon clarity and results, ask uncommonly clear questions. Fortunately, this is a skill you can develop. No book can give you all of the answers, but this book can train you to ask better questions. Milan Kundera, author of The Unbearable Lightness of Being, has said that the stupidity of people comes from having an answer for everything. The wisdom of the novel comes from having a question for everything. Substitute master learner for novel and you have my philosophy of life. Often, all that stands between you and what you want is a better set of questions. And I I love that so much, which is why I wanted to read it to you. It really, really resonates with me. I often say the smartest person in the room is the one that's asking all of the right questions versus the one who is trying to make everyone think that they are the smartest person in the room. Okay, so the amount of insight I have taken from this book is really hard to describe. I am only halfway through it, (laughs) and I'm completely blown away by the impact that these people, most of whom I've never even heard of, are having on me. They, their responses, some of their responses are just so either extremely interesting or just so profoundly insightful that it's like literally light bulbs just going off in the dark. And it's been immensely helpful to me. I actually gave this to a college student this year that he's already trying to become an entrepreneur. And I figured there was no better gift for someone that is really trying to learn, grow and expand quickly. Now, before I jump in, it can be very difficult to find the correct pronunciation of people's names online. So I do want to apologize in advance if I potentially mispronunciate anyone's names. Okay, getting into it. Tim puts a quote at the very beginning of each person's interview that is actually extracted from one of their responses. Gives you a little bit of what you can expect from that particular person. And I'm going to read you Adams very quickly. The problem with meditation, I thought, was that it wasn't practical, but I eventually reframed meditation as a way to relinquish control of my conscious mind so that my more powerful unconscious mind could take over. Now, getting into the very interesting story, I'm going to read the question that Tim asked and Adam's response word for word. To the book we go. 
What are bad recommendations you hear in your profession or area of expertise? Adam Robinson responds with the following. Virtually all investors have been told when they were younger or implicitly believe or have been tacitly encouraged to do so by the cookie cutter curriculums of the business schools they all attend that the more they understand the world, the better their investment results. It makes sense, doesn't it? The more information we acquire and evaluate, the air quotes, better informed we become, the better our decisions. Accumulating information, becoming air quotes, better informed, is certainly an advantage in numerous, if not most, fields, but not in the field of counterintuitive world of investing, where accumulating information can hurt your investment results. In 1974, Paul Slovic, a world-class psychologist and a peer of Nobel laureate Daniel Kahneman, decided to evaluate the effect of information on decision-making. This study should be taught at every business school in the country. Slovic gathered eight professional horse handicappers and announced, I want to see how well you predict the winners of horse races. Now, these handicappers were all seasoned professionals who made their livings solely on their gambling skills. Slovic told them the test would consist of predicting 40 horse races in four consecutive rounds. In the first round, each gambler would be given the five pieces of information he wanted on each horse, which would vary from handicapper to handicapper. One handicapper might want the years of experience the jockey had as one of his top five variables, while another might not care about that at all, but want the fastest speed any given horse has achieved in the past year or whatever. Finally, in addition to asking the handicappers to predict the winner of each race, he asked each one also to state how confident he was in his prediction. Now, as it turns out, there were an average of 10 horses in each race. So we would expect by blind chance, random guessing, each handicapper would be right 10% of the time and that their confidence with a blind guess to be 10%. So in round one, with just five pieces of information, the handicappers were 17% accurate, which is pretty good. 70% better than the 10% chance they started with when given zero pieces of information. And interestingly, their confidence was 19%, almost exactly as confident as they should have been. They were 17% accurate and 19% confident in their predictions. In round two, they were given 10 pieces of information. In round three, 20 pieces of information. And in the fourth and final round, 40 pieces of information. That's a whole lot more than the five pieces of information they started with. Surprisingly, their accuracy had flatlined at 17%. They were no more accurate with the additional 35 pieces of information. Unfortunately, their confidence nearly doubled to 34%. So the additional information made them no more accurate, but a whole lot more confident which would have led them to increase the size of their bets and lose money as a result. Beyond a certain minimum amount, additional information only feeds, leaving aside the considerable cost of and delay occasioned in acquiring it, what psychologists call confirmation bias. The information we gain that conflicts with our original assessment or conclusion, we conveniently ignore or dismiss, while the information that confirms our original decision makes us increasingly certain that our conclusion was correct. So to return to investing, 
The second problem with trying to understand the world is that it's simply far too complex to grasp. And the more dogged our attempts to understand the world, the more we earnestly want to explain events and trends in it, the more we become attached to our resulting beliefs, which are always more or less mistaken, blinding us to the financial trends that are actually unfolding. Worse, we think we understand the world, giving investors a false sense of confidence, when in fact we always more or less misunderstand it. You hear it all the time from even the most seasoned investors and financial experts that this trend or that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that the dollar keeps going lower, or it makes no sense that stocks keep going higher. But what's really going on when investors say that something makes no sense is that they have a dozen or whatever reasons why the trend should be moving in the opposite direction, yet it keeps moving in the current direction. So they believe the trend makes no sense. But what makes no sense is their model of the world. That's what doesn't make sense. The world always makes sense. In fact, because financial trends involve human behavior and human beliefs on a global scale, the most powerful trends won't make sense until it becomes too late to profit from them. By the time investors formulate an understanding that gives them the confidence to invest, the investment opportunity has already passed. So when I hear sophisticated investors or financial commentators say, for example, that it makes no sense how energy stocks keep going lower, I know that energy stocks have a lot lower to go because all of those investors are on the wrong side of the trade. Indy now probably doubling down on their original decision to buy energy stocks. Eventually, they will throw in the towel and have to sell those energy stocks, driving prices lower still. Okay, that's the show for today. I will be publishing the third segment on flow very shortly, and it too covers a very, very interesting experiment that was used on children and could potentially predict those that would do well versus those that may be inclined for a road of trouble or moderate to poor performance. So stay tuned. And as always, let me know what you think. Thanks so much.